Hey, everybody. Welcome to BeautyCast Network's Mastering Beauty, a podcast for beauty barbering and wellness professionals looking for successful, sustainable, and satisfying careers. Tune in every Sunday to hear conversations with brilliant professionals from across the entire industry, offering their best advice on a variety of topics. I'm Gordon Miller, CEO of BeautyCast Network and your podcast host. And today, I am thrilled to bring on to the podcast an old friend, the award-winning global educator, hair coach extraordinaire and Redken master artist, Ruth Roach. She has won eight North American hairstylist awards, eight. That is, that is a big number. She's a creative force of nature. Welcome to the podcast, Ruth Roach. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and talk about whatever, whatever it is you want me to talk about. Whatever, whatever is a big category. We better, we better find a lane. <laughs> okay. We'll narrow it down. I'll just only talk about what you asked me. This podcast is very much about giving advice to our listeners about having really great, long, and I think importantly, satisfying careers. And so you've been at it for a bit. And how many years now, Ruth? It's going to be 40 years next year. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. That's fantastic. It speaks a lot, you know, to, well, stick to it, this number one, because we know these careers can be up and down over time. And again, having long ones is always fascinating to talk about. But, but let's go to best advice. Throughout your careers, I'm sure you've gotten lots, but what would be something you can share that someone has shared with you as great advice for our audience? I, I think that one of the biggest things that I've always gone back to is Trevor, Trevor Sorby. Um, now, let's, let's say who Trevor is because some of our audience won't know. Trevor was one of Vidal Sassoon's protégés back in the 60s and 70s, and he actually invented the wedge haircut, which was an iconic haircut. And he was a, a rule breaker, a boundary breaker, and he just was a hairdresser, but he was also a hair cutter. And he didn't care what other people thought of what he was doing, and he wanted to break boundaries. I love that. What was his advice? His advice to me when I was on his artistic team was focus on your craft, stay humble, and help others to achieve their goals. So meaning volunteer, assist, learn, you know, um, help others, not just people who have what you want, but just help others, you know, and that was a big, big thing for me. And to never rest on your laurels of your last success, to always be trying to better yourself as a hairdresser, as a person, whatever. I love that. And, and you know, the whole uh, helping others, I don't care if it's the first day in beauty school. The opportunity to help others, you know, or, or it's, you know, 40 years later, we always, all of us, each of us, we have an opportunity to help others and we should never take that for granted. Yeah. I think we focus on helping our clients, especially in the beginning, you know, mm -hmm. but helping a colleague, you know, teaching a colleague something, you know, we teach most what we need to know, right? So we learn from teaching others. And even if it's one little thing, hey, look what I learned, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I think often, maybe at the end of the day, when you have that moment of reflection, there's something special about realizing that you help somebody else. I mean, I there's power in that. Yeah, it's the best feeling in the world. It's one of the most rewarding things I've had in my career is having people say, you know, that thing you taught me or that thing you said to me really changed my career or you know whatever that you don't even remember saying, right? Mm -hmm. Yep but it really impacted someone's life because you paid attention 
to whatever was going on in that moment with that person. Well, and then having the kind of career you've had, which has put you on stages in front of gazillions of people. I don't know if that's a real number, but it's it's a very big number. You've been you've been on <laughs> stages all over the world for a very long time. You've been on those award winning Naha stages eight eight times is, is a big deal, and that of course goes way out farther than the awards itself. The media covers it. You know, it's online. I mean, so you know, you're kind of a big deal, and um, you've had a, some pretty big impacts on a lot of people. So. Um, yeah, I, I just have to say that. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's I've been busy. <laughs> You've been busy. So forty years of busy. There's ups and downs, right? I mean, you know, long careers are are, are never as easy as they seem when we're talking about them. You know, looking back on things, I'm sure you must have had moments along the way, you know, that were difficult. So I kind of want to talk a little bit about that because you've you, again, you've done a lot of things, and so let's just kind of talk about the challenges that anybody faces and how to overcome some of them. Any, any big moments where you like, got stuck? Yes, several. And um, what happens with me, and it's probably like that with a lot of creative types, is I'll do something for a while and, it's, and then once I've sort of helped it get to be whatever it is, the next thing, or you know, if anything becomes too repetitive, um, for me, I start to get bored. And start to wonder what else can I do that's going to not only help people, but keep me inspired and, or I get burned out doing the one thing mm-hmm. that I love, just like you do one haircut you love forever, pretty soon you hate it. So I just, um, you know, I've had those moments where I've, I've had, for example, when I had a, an amazing career going on in the late nineties with a brand and I was like, at the top of my game, I was only 30 something, which is young to me now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, I decided to to leave that whole career. I was making a lot of money and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, and start my own thing. You I know? remember, I remember those days. Yeah. So I started Rare, which was an academy and a salon, but it and it was right around 9-11. So everything was a big, you know, truck show. But I had to do it, you know, and I had salon owners going, don't do it. Don't, you know, Mm -hmm, everybody mm -hmm. don't do it. Why are you leaving? You're at the pinnacle of your career, yada, yada. So I had to like, not listen to those people, Mm -hmm. you know, fast forward eight years of having the salon. I sold it to one of my team members and I started it without any clients, like things that I don't recommend people do, but I'm saying this to show that if you have a dream just because everyone else says, don't do it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Listen to people's advice, but listen to your gut in the end. You know, and my soul was saying, you need to do this. You need to do something different. And so that's what I did. And then I got bored doing that eventually. So while I was doing that, I had an agent, right? I got an agent and that was something I always wanted to do work, you know, in fashion and celebrities and New York and yada, yada. So I was, you know, that was another little dream that I had that became a reality. Oh, everybody wants to do that. You're never going to be able to do that. You know, it's too competitive. It's this mm-hmm. and that. Well, guess what? Little Ruthie did it. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, you gotta, you gotta believe first and foremost, you've got to believe you can so that when you do have those moments where you're bored or you need something new, you want to shift your career. There's so many things in our industry that you can do. And I've always kept my hands in doing clients. I think that's important too. 
is to stay connected with the real world of hair and um, especially as an educator. So that as I'm speaking to other artists and hairdressers, I'm relevant to what they do every day. And for the audience who some of our audience, they might be nail techs, they might be, you know, estheticians, makeup artists, you know, we've got folks in, in the wellness category, as well as hairdressers and barbers, but the same rules apply, I think, to everybody, you know, because we all have aspirations and whatever they might be, you know, um, creative or not, I think this, the same kind of thought process applies. The pinnacle thing I find interesting, you know, in, in my career, it feels like I've always made a move to what's next, kind of when I was at the top of my game. Similar people saying, are you crazy? Right. Yes. But yes. I think, you know, let's talk about that for a moment, because I think there's a lot of power in, in having the ability to take a big step back when you're kind of doing everything you thought you were going to do and be open to risk. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I remember saying in an interview to somebody once, like, I've, I've achieved everything I want to do, you know, like, but that's not true. I think that was at the end of having the salon. So I was a little fried, you know, mm-hmm. yep. I was like. Okay, now what am I going to do? So taking a risk when everyone's going, you're at the top of your game. First of all, if I was at the top of my game in my early 30s, my career is going to be pretty short, you know, and I remember getting angry, which gave me the fuel. Like, it was kind of like, how dare you tell me this is the pinnacle of my career? I'm just getting started, you know? And so I've had other moments like that, um, you know, where there's ebbs and flows, you know, and it's, it's just, I got to do it. I got to do it. And if you have a desire in your heart to try something, yes, you want to be smart, make sure you're going to have an income while you're doing it. Right. But there are, I'm just a huge believer in, you know, I wouldn't call it manifestation, but I guess that's kind of what it is, is that I picture myself in those situations. I talk about those situations as they are a possibility as opposed to, I wish I could, but I'll never happen for me. Or, you know, I'm just a glass half full person when it comes to my career and uh, believing what you can do. And and I love doing hair. If I ever stop love do lo- if I ever stop loving doing hair, then I'll have to do something else. Because you got to love it. You got to love whatever it is that you're doing. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And I think we. Again, going back to that long career, and I think it's it's more difficult when you're younger, but I love what you said about that, you know, like you're at the top and how can I be at the top when I'm 30? But how important is it we kind of think of careers, I guess, similar to life as, as a journey, you know, that you don't always know what's coming around the corner. And I think you should embrace that. Yeah. And I think with that open mindedness to things that can happen, that's when they that's when you notice those things coming in around you you know, and the opportunities. But if you're, you know, heads down and you're in the grindstone, you're like, this is my lot in life, whatever it happens to be, then you miss those opportunities. Um, So I think it's important to do that. And yeah, and stay, stay with what you love. I know I keep coming back to that, Mm -hmm. but you got to love it. And if you don't, what is it that you do? And it's, yeah. It's it's so much easier to get up in, in the morning and put your feet on the ground and, and stand up and, and feel good about, you know, yeah. what's ahead, you know, if you if you if you're aware exactly where you said, you know, I mean yeah. like, to me that's like so important that we get up in the morning and like, yes, you know, I'm up for it. And I remember somebody saying to me once, Oh, you reinvented yourself. I'm like, I'm the same person. I haven't reinvented anything. 
I'm just actually continuing to grow, you know, and, and I hope we all do that so that it's not like, oh my God, I'm stale. I need to reinvent myself. No, what's wrong with who you are? You know, choose another path, choose a different direction. And, you know, I don't even like that word, as you can tell. Well, I, I think, you know, to me, another part of the career journey for, for many of us, I hope for most of us, is you, you kind of reach those forks in the road, you know, and it's like, okay, do I go left or do I go right? And that can really stress a lot of us out. I kind of over time have learned to embrace the forks, you know, I'm yeah. like, I get excited <laughs> when, when I see, oh, there's a fork coming up, I get to make a decision. And right. it could be that I'm going to stay on the path that I'm on, or it might be to take a big step back. And I always tell folks, you know, do your homework, you know, really, you know, spend time with yourself, you know, speak with your mentors, get advice from family and friends, but ultimately you have to make the decision. But I say embrace those, those forks. Yeah. Embrace the fork. I like it. I'm at a fork kind of right now, so I'm just going to embrace it. Embrace it. Yeah. I think it's always a fork, right? If you keep your eyes open. If, if you keep your eyes open, absolutely. Some bigger than others. Now, when I think of Ruth Roach, if somebody said, you know, just pick a, pick a word, you know, of, and again, we've known each other for a very long time, and um, it would be funny. You have so much creativity, so much talent. So, I mean, you're over, I come up with a long list of adjectives about your talent as a hairdresser. You're, you're, you're brilliant as an educator, but you have a sense of humor that to me helps define who you are. And I've seen it over the years in so many different uh, places, including on stage, you know, where you get them from a big audience and you, you, but you bring that humor with you. How important do you feel like that has been for you in just having this long career, because it's just kind of part of who you are. I think it's very important because I, I don't know why I'm funny and I don't try to be funny. It's just that shit happens and it's it always happens <laughs> that it's just stuff happens. And uh, sometimes it involves tripping and falling and, you know, it's just the way that I am. But I think that it's help, it helps me relax when I, when something funny happens and then I can be more of myself and the knowledge comes out. If I'm teaching, for example, or if I'm in an awkward social situation, which I get socially awkward, you know, which is weird because I can stand in front of thousands of people yes, yeah. and make them laugh. But in a social situation, I'm like, you know, sometimes don't know what to say, which is so weird. But anyway, um, the, the humor part of it also relaxes other people. That's a, that's a big, that's a very big idea, you know, in, including from behind the chair, you know, with your clients or you as an educator, I've seen you use it so brilliantly. And I remember the early area of, era of social media and you were doing some very funny things, you know, in, in your education. Humor is an equalizer, right? It's the great equalizer. So, you know, whether you're 19 or 85, you know, something that makes you laugh could make everybody laugh. And it's not you know, it's not specific to any, anything, you know, any one particular type of whatever, you know. It also, you know, it, it can disarm other people, can open other people up to you. For me personally, like my greatest fear in life, especially as a younger person, um, it probably continues to this day is, is public speaking. And it is one of the number of fear, fears that people have. And I would, like, I would, skip school rather than give a book report. I would, you know, mom, my stomach hurts. Right, right, I, right. I, I knew she couldn't check that. She just had to believe or not believe. Right. So, and, and not go to school. And it wasn't until many years later, as I was coming out of college, 
um, that I had to get up in front of a room and, and talk in front of people. And something funny came out of my mouth. And it was, it was the moment where I went, oh my God, I can do this. Like I can, as long as I have humor as a shield, I, I, can, I can be up here. And it was transformative for me. Does any of that, like, I, I want to dig in a little more to, to your take on, on humor and, and just what it might mean for the audiences, however they think about it. Well, I think for me, it, it makes me feel connected. You know, it makes me feel more accepted. You know, um, I feel more welcomed and that there's more trust on my, on their part that I'm going to show them and help them with their, whatever the career that they have or behind the chair techniques or whatever. Um, so it's a, it's a connector and it's a trust builder, I think. Because when you show people, and my humor is a lot, the reason it's funny is because it happens to everyone else too, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is that's happening. And so it's it kind of puts you on the same level. I never feel like I'm on a higher level, but I think sometimes people put you on a higher level you know, or that expectation and that tension is there that doesn't need to be there. And from that perspective, I think, again, having watched you over the years, it makes it more relatable to the audience, just period. And then I would add to that, there's a vulnerability in the humor, you know, that I think people appreciate. It makes, it makes you more human, period. Yeah. Yep. And I think you learn more from someone um, who you're like, they're just like me, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's how I am anyway. You know, I, I don't want to really learn from somebody who's separating themselves from me in some way, you know? So again, over the course of a long career, you, you've done all kinds of different things, but I'm sure some of the changes that you've made have been pretty significant. Like you had to take a big step back and go, Ooh, I might be taking some risks here, you know, in, in this one. And they may have happened at various parts, but for anybody who's like, Oh my gosh, you know, I want to make a change. I feel it in my gut. Uh, I'm, I don't know where it's going to lead me. I'm, I'm afraid. Like, what advice would you have around that? Everyone else goes, what? Are you crazy? Like when I left New York and people are still going, I can't believe you left New York. I never thought I'd leave New York because it was part of my identity of I live in New York. I'm a New Yorker, you know? And when I moved to be closer to my dad, to Napa, California, which is a much smaller, I mean, when I found how many people lived here, I was like, what? <laughs> no wonder everyone thinks I'm weird because I wear black all, every day. But anyway, um, it's it, it was one of those where it was such a strong pull that I needed to do it. It was one of those life moments where I went, the most important thing to me right now is my father and spending time with him. I don't care about everything else. and And it made it made it feel really right. It just felt right in my soul. It was terrifying. And I... Because you had to take your career with you. I mean, right? Oh, I felt like I have to be in New York to have a career. I have to be in New York to be cool, to be relevant, to be noticed, to be respected. And it's like, no, you don't. I think that's something I've really learned is that half of the people don't even know I left New York. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, oh, you're in California. It's the world we live in these days, right? Yeah. So whatever, it doesn't matter where you are, I think. And especially with, you know, digital, the digital life that we have, um, you can reach people anywhere and you don't have to be from one certain place. And people aren't 
you know, doesn't have to be New York or LA. Some things you're going to have more opportunities for what, you know, like if you want to do celebrities and editorial and stuff like that, that you're going to get more opportunities in those cities, but um, it's not impossible to do it other places. Well, again, 40 year career, we could, we could talk, we could talk for 40 hours probably uh, between the two of us with all the, all the crazy stories and, and, and profound stories. But I, I want to ask you from you specifically, again, having all this experience, what would be the best advice that you would have to anybody who's listening again, looking to have that really long, satisfying career? I think that what, what pops into my head first is don't judge, right? Because I've gone, I, especially when I first started doing hair, I was like the cool hairdresser that thought everyone else was uncool. I remember you in your in your your big boots. You had these big black. When we first met many many years ago, you were wearing like the punk big boot. You were so cool. Like I was intimidated by you. You were so cool. That's what I wanted. I wanted to intimidate everybody. Just kidding. But yeah, I think you know now I've taken classes from people who have incredible knowledge that maybe aren't you know, edgy and weirdo and all that, or they're not young, even as a young stylist. I, I heard someone say the other day that they were looking at someone on stage and they said, what am I going to learn from this old guy? You know? And I think what's happened as I've been around longer and I've gotten older is like, you know, sometimes I'm with, I'm in a class where there's like people in their early twenties and I'm sure, and I, it, at that age, I would look at someone my age and go, wow, you know, what do they know? Well, they know a lot. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, I think that's something, no matter wh- whether you think someone's relevant or not, they know a lot. Um, I think that another really important thing is not to say, I've done that before. I know that I've been doing this for so long. I've seen that. We've already been through the Rachel. We've already mm-hmm. been through the mm-hmm. this. I remember that haircut. Remember that haircut? <laughs> and people do that to me in classes. And I'm like, yes. And I always say, it's the it's a new haircut for most of this, most of the population of our industry. It's new. So don't shut yourself out of things just because you've done it before, you've experienced before. I've been there, you know, I know all that. It's like, no, you don't know all that because now maybe we're going to set it with a pink roller because that's what the 16 year olds are doing, you know, and paying attention to um, not only people that have been around longer than you, but the people as you're in here longer and longer, pay attention to the young people, but don't put people in chains, basically, you know, don't put people in a box, your generation, my generation. I think that's something I've I'm experiencing is that there, everyone wants to be so such an individual yet they're still putting each other in different boxes. And I think we have to stop doing that. No, I, I, I actually think that's great advice. And no matter what you're doing, you know, so with, if you're in a creative, you know, part of the industry, I think, you know, that totally applies. But it, myself, you know, I, I'm not a, 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 a hairdresser or a working professional of any kind. You know, I'm a business person. And so I apply the same logic to just being a business person, new ideas, you know, new platforms, you know, whether social media, artificial intelligence, or if you're in nail tech and there's new technology or in skincare, again, where there's so much technological change. And so, you know, there's just so many ways to think about it. But I think at the end of the day, you're just talking about kind of embracing change. Yeah. Big time. Yep, exactly. And it's coming. I'm terrified about the AI thing. Fascinated, love Ooh. it. Using it to write stuff for me, but like, what else? 
you know, it's over my head right now, but my goal is to really understand what I can do with it, what's going to be done with it, that kind of thing. I'm obsessed with it. Are you? you? Know, okay, I, I use it every day. <laughs> we will we will talk after this because I'm obsessed. It's changing everything. It's changing the world. Yes. And, and I think the most important thing to say about AI, you know, is that it's not even new. I mean, they've been talking about it since the 1950s. We've been, it's in so much of what we've been using for the last 10 years. There'd be no TikTok without AI. It was there from the get-go. AI is all around us. And I think that Unfortunately, people don't realize, so we have a tendency to be more fearful. And then the other thing was with all changes, yeah, there's good and bad, you know, and it's just trying to, how do you navigate that? And sadly, today, I think a lot of us feel that, you know, kind of the old fashioned idea that there was some bigger thing, government as an example, that took care of all of us, we're not as trusting anymore. Right. And, and, and that kind of sucks when it comes to big changes, you know, in, yes. in the world like, like AI, you know, so... So we yes, we will absolutely talk after this about yes, AI. Please. This was fun. As always, I, lo- I love fun. talking to you, Ruth, you know, and so um, I, I want to say to the audience, um, first of all, to follow you and whatever you might be do- doing in the industry, I think it's great to be able to follow Ruth. And so on Instagram, it's, it's Ruth Roach, right? All one word. Yep. All one word. Website, any other platforms? Where, I do, do have a watch? website, which you can get to through my Instagram or vice versa. And it's just my name.com. Ruth Roach, and it's R-U-T-H-R-O-C-H-E dot com. Yes. There's no way. I'm not that kind of roach. Are you? <laughs> are you <laughs> any place else to send people? I think we got it all, right? Yeah, we're good. That's okay. good. We are good. So let me say a really huge thank you to the most fabulous award-winning global educator, um, Redken artist, coach um, in all things hair, Ruth Roach, for being our guest today. Um, be sure to follow her. And again, Ruth, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Gordon, for having me. Let me say to the audience, if you like what you heard today, I encourage you to leave a rating or a review. Hit the subscribe button. And of course, best yet, share it with a colleague, pay it forward, help others to find the podcast. Be sure to tune in every Sunday for new episodes. Again, I'm Gordon Miller. This has been the Mastering Beauty podcast from Beautycast Network. And um, I can't wait to share again with you next time. 